0: You're listening to the Trinity Ministries Podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. How many of you can relate? I meant the kids. (laughs) Well, we all do that uh, as parents, uh, and and especially as dad. The average dad makes uh, empty threats to their kids at least once per week. Um, Unfortunately, I am uh, above average. Uh, that was my way, especially when the kids were, were little, I just sort of had this hyper, hyperbole in terms of, of going over the top. And sometimes even today with my kids who are now older, uh, I, I, I kind of react emotionally. Um, most recently, as I was thinking about um, uh, the, the message, uh, a recent incident with my daughter who's in college, and there's, there were two things growing up that we always said Uh, that were just no-nos in our house, big no-nos. The first one is lying. Thou shalt not lie, uh, especially to mom and dad uh, in our house. So that was a big rule. The other one was, and this was more me than Kelly, uh, but the other one for me was, you never, ever hang up on me, ever. And I don't know why, but that just, that one, I mean, Cool. The, I turn into something different um, when that happens. So, Maddie, Maddie, my daughter, and I were, were talking um, a couple of months ago, and, and there was a problem she was having with the, the billing department at the university that she's attending. And so, um, my, Kelly and I are still trying to help her in this thing called adulting, right? Adulting is so hard, as she's, she says. So we're trying to help her with this adulting thing. And so there was an error on her account. And so she calls me up and says, well, Dad, can you call them and and get that straightened out? And I said, absolutely not. Uh, This is adulting. You go go ahead and give them a call. And, And we were talking and she was getting angry that I wouldn't do something that she could do or needed to learn to do. And she hangs up on me. I didn't call her back, but I texted her. Never hang up on me. You know better. If you do it again, you can pay for your own phone. <laughs> Three days later, we're talking about the same exact issue. Dad, can you, can you go? I just don't have time. Can you, can, can, I, I don't have time to walk two buildings over, um, and, and, but you surely have time to drive 25 minutes through traffic to talk to the So we're talking, and I'm saying, Maddie, you've got to do this. You are adulting. You have to do this, and she lost it a little bit. I kind of got frustrated with her, and guess what she did? Mid-sentence, she hangs up on me. So again, I didn't call her back. I texted her back. That's it. All caps. Not only can you pay for your own phone, but you can now also pay for the rest of your college books, tuition fees, health insurance, pets, dogs, everything, and I'm going to tally how much I've paid for you already and bill you monthly. (laughs) Proud dad moment, you know, (laughs) it's one of those things. But we all do, you know, as parents, we do that. We have these empty threats like it shows up there. And dads, moms, you know this. In the heat of the moment, we make these, these overages uh, to our kids. Your son comes home late and you say, you, you, you say y- you're say you grounded until Jesus comes back, you know? Or your daughter wears your clothes and so you you go over the top. You can now buy your own clothes and she's eight years old. <laughs> or your grandchild throws a fit in the store and you say, if you don't stop, we're not going for ice cream, the ultimate. But then you know what happens. The emotions calm down and we take them to ice cream. We allow them to wear our clothes, those types of things. We make threats in the heat of the moment and, and, and on, on which we never intend to follow through, which is a good thing because anytime you're reacting emotionally to something is usually not a good thing. Um, And I'm sure there, there are many reasons why we overreact so many times, but ultimately, today especially, we have to stop as parents, as dads, as adults, and ask the question, what do our kids learn about God from our behavior? What do our kids learn about God from our behavior? And maybe there's a bigger top question that says, do kids learn about God from our behavior? And if you're a Christ follower, uh, the answer is absolutely, absolutely. God created humans to look at other humans to learn first about what it means to be human, right? Psychology, in psychology, uh, they call it this. They call it imaging first, and then they call it modeling. So let me talk real briefly about these. Imaging is when you're when when you're first born as an infant. Um, and maybe you, you remember this, the child stares at your face, just stares. I had coffee with with Josh and Angie Lipinski, and they have a new baby, um, Scarlett, who's actually going to be baptized next Sunday. Really cool, and she's a super cute little kid, and during the whole time they're, they're sitting there, we're talking, the baby's just looking and staring and screaming. No, just no, she's adorable. No, but she was just, and what she was doing as a young, young, young kid is they image, and what, what, what the child is doing is they're looking at your face. They're not looking at your face to learn how to smile or how to move their eyes. They're, their brain is learning how to remember a face in imaging. That's what they're doing. They're so so they're, their brain is, that's why they look for so long. Right now, as adults, we can look at somebody for half a second and kind of remember what what that... I recognize that face. Kids, it takes a longer time. So that's imaging. Then as you get older, you begin modeling the behavior of the person. And the purpose of modeling is to learn what it means to behave like another human. And so, and and students, this is important. You act like the group you spend the most time with. You act like the group you spend the most time with. That's why, students, your parents are crazy. Well, they're crazy. That's why, students, your parents are crazy about the group of friends you're spending time with. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you students know that, they want, that your parents wanna know where you're gonna be, who you're gonna be with? Those are usually the two. When are you gonna be home? You know, what are, what are their parents like? They wanna know everything about their group because the truth, they know this truth. Human beings begin to act the same way as the people that they're around. Think of dads and moms, adults. Have you ever noticed that as you get older, your movements or things that you say remind you of your dad or mom, right? Raise your hand if you've had that experience. It's weird, isn't it? Like my dad is a choir director or was at Arizona State, and as he's directing the choir, the altos in his choir were always too loud for him. So he would always go like this. Even, ooh, even do, I'm like, ooh, even just doing that, that's totally him. Uh, and so my dad would actually do that with us kids. If we were too loud, he didn't really say anything. He would just go. <laughs> and we knew, man, we knew. Um, but you, you, you find that, you know that that's true. And you know this too. You know that there are good models to, to, to model after and there are bad models, Right? If I were a raccoon, I wouldn't be watching the NPR raccoon, right? That would just, oh, come on, you saw that, please. Okay. If you didn't see that, you're in a cave or something. Um, For some of you, you don't want to model your parents. How many of you know that you can learn just as much from what not to do as a parent as you can from what you should do? by watching your parents. So that's one of the reasons how to, how to uh, the purpose of modeling is to learn what it means to behave like another human. Um, another purpose of modeling is to learn what it means, especially as a Christ follower, to be created in the image of God. Imago dei is what that's called in Latin. The image of God. Um, Genesis at the very beginning of of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and trees and and plants and and everything. And then God stopped, took out a brand new piece of paper on the last day, and he made a self-portrait, and he called it humanity. We are special as human beings. And we have great care that is given to us to take care of the world, to be good stewards of our environment. And when he created us, he made something amazing. In fact, you know this Bible verse, Genesis 1, 27. Let's read this together. Ready, go. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Human beings are the only creation, the only thing in creation that bears the image of God that bears the image of God, that has the deep spiritual element similar to God. Plants aren't created in the image of God. Fish aren't. Dogs aren't. Cats absolutely aren't. Um, But let me say this clearly. Dads, if your kids want to see God, you are the first impression of who God is and what God is like To your kids, that's big, that's scary, it's heavy. Because we want our kids to know the love and beauty of God, and sometimes guys we're not that to our families. So, how do we set an example for our kids? Or, or let me expand, adults. How do we set an example for younger generations? So it's not just dads; it's moms; it's it's everybody um, as adults. How do we be a model? Um, for other, the younger generations? Well, first of all, the answer is you have to have some sort of model to model after. You can't just make stuff up. You have to have a model. And while we can learn good and bad things from people in our lives, there's only one model that we as Christ followers especially should model after, and that is in order to show our kids God, we model who modeled his life after God and was God and that's Jesus. John 14, uh, Jesus is talking to Philip, and he says this, anyone who's seen me, Jesus says, has seen the Father. Can you imagine Philip standing there and Jesus saying this? If if, If I was Philip, I'd be like, that is the most arrogant thing, if not blasphemous thing, anyone could ever say. Here he goes again saying that he's God. Now, Post Easter, we now can look back and say, "Well, he is because of the resurrection. Because he died for our sin. Because he rose again. Everything points back to the resurrection." Listen, if you're ever having any problems with your faith, if you're questioning the existence of God, is this whole Jesus thing real? Is it, maybe it's just made up? Blah blah blah. Put away. No, don't put away, away the questions. Absolutely not. But primarily go back to the resurrection of Jesus. Everything hinges on the, the resurrection of Christ. It's a fact in history. Nobody can dispute that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It's a fact of history. It's all because of the resurrection. And then Paul, the Apostle Paul, who also wrote most of the, the New Testament, wrote a letter to a little church in, in a church area of Colossae, uh, the Colossian letters. Um, and he, I love this part of Scripture because he explains this verse so much and so clearly about who Christ is and who we model our lives after. And the verse says this, uh, Colossians 1, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Period. End of story. Isn't that clear? Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, now listen to this, Through him, meaning Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And this always freaks me out a little bit because if you were, Jesus Jesus was the creator of the world. I mean, we say God because we know Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and, and they were all acting. But it was through Christ that God created the world. That means it was Jesus that was painting the sunsets in the sky. It was Jesus that was that was architecting the little blades of grass. And the thing that really freaks me out, it was Jesus that created the tree upon which he gave his life for the sins of the world. That's creepy to me, but beautiful all at the same time. So for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't. Everything was created by Him, or everything was created through Him and for Him. So you are created for Jesus. You are created, the world, the, the plant, everything that we see out there was created for God, for His glory and His purposes. He, meaning Jesus, existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So he is first in everything. And then here's that that same thing Paul goes back to uh, about about, um, seeing, seeing God in Christ. For God in all his fullness was pleased to do what? To live in Christ. And through him... God reconciled everything to himself. Now, that word reconciled is a fascinating world. In, back in the day, um, we used to get in the mail uh, a statement from our banks, printed on like real paper, right? And we got this statement, and then we would take our paper checkbooks, and we would go through, and we would reconcile our bank account every month, right? Everybody remember that? Yeah, it really, does. I mean, if you're still doing that, God bless you, Um, but it's mostly electronic now. But anyway, it's reconciling all the way down to zero where everything matches, everything fits together. That's what God did with you and me. He made everything fit together. He reconciled you to him. He didn't change. He changed us by forgiving us and bringing us into a relationship with him. And as a result of that, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. How? How? by means of Christ's blood on the cross so as dads as parents as adults Jesus is the example we follow because God loved so so dramatically and epically that he sacrificed for others he sacrificed Jesus to pay the price for sin and that's how we love our families. And you know, the beautiful thing about God is unlike the dads in the opening video, God didn't say, you guys better behave down there or I'm going to snuff you out. And he didn't say, you better not question your faith or I'm going to destroy all your relationships. No, God doesn't throw out those empty threats like I do. God shows his love because he sent Jesus for your kids, for you, the entire world. That's the image and the beauty and the love that we dads follow. And listen, as a dad, I can love well because I am loved well by Jesus. As a dad, I can serve well because I I am served well by Jesus. As a dad, I can discipline well because I've been disciplined and continue to be disciplined by Jesus. And as a dad, I can provide well because Jesus has provided well for me. Now listen, dads, we don't have to be perfect. We just need to be authentic with our kids and our spouses. They don't need us to be superheroes. They don't need us to be celebrities. They just need us to be their dads. They don't need us to pretend to have it all together or know everything about everything. They just need to know that you are following Jesus Christ as best that you can. So to wrap up, um, I want to read the, the words to a song um, that's about 15 years old. Um, Fifteen years ago, there was a, a, a group called Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Anybody remember them? Yeah. They're actually still around. They do some things. Three pastors got together, amazing voice, great musicians. Um, and they wrote a song called, I Want to Be Just Like You. And um, uh, in about a half hour, I, I put it up to schedule it onto our Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, you could actually hear the, the music. Uh, and the words to the songs. But I want to read the words to the songs uh, as we we close up. He climbs in my lap for a goodnight hug. He calls me Dad, and I call him Bub. With his faded old pillow and a bear named Pooh, he snuggles up close and says, I want to be like you. I tuck him in bed, and I kiss him goodnight, tripping over the toys as I turn out the light. And I whisper a prayer that someday he'll see he's got a father in God because he's seen Jesus in me. Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be like me. Got to admit, I've got so far to go. I make so many mistakes, I'm sure that you know. Sometimes it seems no matter how hard I try, with all the pressures in life, I just can't get it all right. But I'm trying so hard to learn from the best, being patient and kind, filled with your tenderness, because I know that he'll learn from the things that he sees. And the Jesus he finds will be the Jesus in me. Right now from where I stand I may seem mighty tall but it's only because I'm learning from the best father of them all. Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible Lord that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be like me. Dads, um, we have a big task. Whether your kids are in your house or not, um, we're always their dad. And uh, what we want to do right now is to pray for you as fathers. Um, so if you're a dad, uh, kids here or not, if you're a dad, go ahead and stand up. And we're just going to pray for you. And kids, is if you're here and your dad is around you, snuggle up close to them, uh, maybe grab their arm or something. I know that you're probably too short to hit, reach their head or shoulders, um, but uh, just put your hand on their, sho- on their, their shoulder and we're going to pray. Uh, and then everybody else, just kind of point your hand out toward one of the dads. We're just going to pray for our dad. So let's pray. Father, um, it is such a privilege to be able to call you Father, um, because we dads standing in this room, we know um, and we may not verbalize it, God, but deep in our hearts, we know we have a huge responsibility, and it honestly, it scares us because we know the ramifications of what it means to be um, a dad uh, in this world. Father, as we are praying for our dads here, Um, We also remember maybe our dads aren't here for whatever reason. Maybe they're just not in this room or maybe they've already gone on to be with you. Whatever the case, God, we celebrate them. We thank them. And no, they're not perfect. These dads standing uh, in in the room, our dads, they're they're not perfect. And um, give them, Father, give them strength uh, as they seek to follow your leading, as they help lead their families, as they help model um, what it means to be a godly man um, in this place, in their families. Give them your Holy Spirit. Give them your strength. Help them to know how much they are loved, imperfections and all. We love them, God, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said,